The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Is that you? Is it just you? I don't believe it. We, we're looking around like, yeah, we, we haven't done an episode of you and I just talking since the dawn of man. <laughs> and here we are. It's kind of refreshing. A little bit, actually. No offense to our guests, but it's, it's kind of nice to just relax and yeah and not be, have to i've got yes no, with each i'm other. not wearing any pants me either so yeah i mean it's completely like no we're we're both this listen i'm sure you and i can both agree on this that if society allowed us to just get through our regular work days without pants there's a good chance we would yeah depending yeah. on the temperature oh no i'd, I'd forgo that yeah, even you know, if it was like, you know, negative four degrees. Yeah, I mean, as long as I'm wearing shoes. Oh, that's what's important. Yeah. My it reminds, get... me of that, reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where where George puts on the, the, the sable hat. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I don't need a jacket. This It's like, this just, all I need to wear is this. Didn't Jerry do a bit about that where he's just like, even when I'm naked, sometimes I just put on a belt just to feel like I'm hanging on to something, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> with with pockets. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, I, I get that. Hey, listen, uh, my Raynaud's disease would make my toes so cold. That's why I got to wear the shoes. Mm. OK, but but, you know, I, I there's a chance I would walk out without pants, but with shoes and people would look at me strangely, which was just par for the course right now. Mm you know yeah so, you know that's that's normal yeah so you're so yeah. you'd be used to it yeah my whole life is being used to this abnormality right speaking of abnormality welcome to how you play the game the official podcast of the osin foundation incorporated yours truly jack furlong with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned this is the second episode of march the year is 2022 so glad you can be with us. As always, check us out at Facebook. Uh, Facebook at OSA Foundation. I don't. I can't even do the bit anymore. Jeez, at OSA Foundation. It's been a while. Yeah, OSA Foundation. It's been two weeks. OSAFoundation.org. The email address is podcast at OSAFoundation.org. Uh, on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash OSA Foundation. Twitter and Instagram are both at OSA Foundation. Hashtag How You Play the Game. Select episodes of this uh, this show are available on our YouTube channel. Our power. Our our apparel store is at Bonfire, which is linked through our website. And our book on sportsmanship, a critical reader and handbook, is now available on Amazon in hardcover, paperback, and Kindle, and also available via our website. I think I covered everything there. Uh-huh. All right. As always, the producer engineer across the way from me is Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. How are you? 
Your soda bread is amazing. That's is that code? Uh, no, it's it's just your soda bread's great. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate um, that. I, allow me to you take this time to shamelessly plug the business. <laughs> no, but I, I, hey, I'm doing it for you. Yeah, yes. Well, allow me to take this time to allow you to shamelessly plug the business. <laughs> Jack is a great baker. I he start. Should go on the, he should go on the Great British Baking Show. Oh, that requires a lot of yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I, well, I, I okay. Um, I, yeah, no, I start, it, it is really good. Thank you, I, thank I, you. I, uh, I tried some this morning with uh, uh, the the uh, the um, sweet earth or natural earth butter, the dairy free butter, and uh, some jam, and it was really absolutely spot on thank you very much for those of you who are wondering yes i started a small cottage bakery out of my house uh since i started baking during the pandemic since there was you know two options bake or you know rethink my life and consider the alternatives which are a joking matter sometimes but no joking matter in general if you know what i'm saying yeah um and uh finally once new jersey state law changed since we were the only state in the union where you couldn't have a cottage bakery uh, i opened my own bakery and i've been selling uh baked goods and you can uh visit it online at commotioninmotionbakery.com i named it after my friend frankie whose nickname is commotion in motion the poor guy had 20 strokes in february of 2021 and hasn't been able to work since so uh i i donate a, a portion of my profits to him just to kind of help him along until uh until he can work normally again um, 20 strokes yeah he had oh, one in one month in one day at one oh, time oh my god it was one big one and then 19 small ones and uh and he wow. he you know they found him in a pool of blood in his bath back uh bathroom you know it was it was not good so the fact that he's alive is a you know a minor miracle in itself but he's just okay. you know those head injuries and and strokes and whatnot all that stuff is a oh my gosh i know firsthand it's a it's a tough road back it is possible though you know the the brain has neuroplasticity and you can rehab it but it takes time and energy and yada 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 so um yeah it, it's it's i i give him a cut uh because he he also likes baking. We used to bake together a little bit. I met I met him in uh, when I was in seminary. He's a you know he's a sixty year old gay guy and a hairdresser and and just a ball of fun. So uh, you know I'm just trying to give him something while he can uh, you know while he can't work and whatnot. And unfortunately, I can only because of state law. This was a big one. I can only sell within the state of New Jersey. So if you're listening in you know, Wyoming, which is an old Italian word that means no state here. I can't sell to you, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I hand deliver all the goods, but only to, you know, I, I only sell basically to 10 counties in New Jersey. Um, but uh, if you live in those 10 counties, you can go to commotioninmotionbakery.com and order. And, uh, and I, I deliver every Thursday. I bake every Wednesday. All my ingredients are fresh and, uh, I hope that uh, people enjoy the stuff that I make. As Sean just said, he enjoys the soda bread that I made for Valentine's Day. So, um, and I love those um, with the rainbow cookies. The, oh, the Italian seven, rainbow cookies. The yeah, seven, the seven layer. What was it? The seven layer. Yeah, one? seven layer cookies. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, those are really good. I think mine are technically six layers, but okay, we don't. Oh, tell anybody. How yeah. dare you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now you need a cottage. 
Yeah, I really do. I need a I need a small cottage. Put it build what? a tiny one in your backyard. I you know what I may just on the front door it says no girls allowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna build one. I'm just gonna go to Home Depot and get a shed that has no ventilation and it's just gonna be great. You know, yeah. It'll be the He Man Woman Haters Club and yeah. <laughs> It'll be my impenetrable cereal box fort, you know, of solitude. <laughs> of solitude. <laughs> oh man, no, that'll be good. I'm sure the homeowners association won't say a word, you know. <laughs> no, just you know, it'll be like that stealth chip from uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. You oh know, yeah, just put some sort of cloaking device on it, right? Yeah, and no one will see it. They can only see it with the naked eye, right? You know, so they won't be able to pick it up on radar. Yeah, because your homeowners association right. has my, radar. My homeowners association only uses radar. Thank so, goodness. Yeah, I know. What is this amateur night? It's not like they have someone driving on a golf cart with a clipboard. No, they do. They oh, do. okay, they do. All right. We got you ready for this one. We got nailed once for and because I, I hear stories about this all the time. Um, you know, when we when we moved in, uh, we put uh, uh, cable outlets in all of the bedrooms because there was only uh one downstairs and one upstairs in the okay. in, in the master bedroom upstairs and we have it's a three bedroom house so mm -hmm. we put cable outlets in all the and all of them so that required a um a technician to come out and you know he has to drill the holes and mm -hmm. you know rewire everything exactly which is which is easy for them it's not a big deal you know mm -hmm. you just got to get a ladder off the truck and blah 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 you know so they're they're used to it but the dude literally when he when he installed the cable uh kind of just left the cable outside loose against the wall and and i'm like um you know and, and at the time too let me say this too when you move into a place the last thing you're you're thinking about or is whether or not the cable that was just installed is flush and tight against the side of your house Right. You're worried about anything else. Yeah. And I swear to you, it wasn't that much longer afterwards where we got a letter and a photograph and it just said you were in violation because this is not flush against the wall. And I was just like, OK, clearly I have made a mistake in living here. <laughs> this is this has got to be this has got to go down in history as just the dumbest thing ever. Like, the, the, why is it that we have people who are so worried about? I mean, talk about sportsmanship. Like, this is like, what you're worried about. What could you have done? Like, it, uh, what, what, what? Tape it against the aluminum siding. Like, what? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. What eventually happened was we had to call them to come back out, and they used you know these fasteners to line the you know the the cable against the siding. Uh, and then run it down like a drain pipe and what so it looks nicer that's literally the, all that changed was the appearance okay because you know so when we when we had our um verizon fios put in right it was for the whole condo okay it was it was uh that lightning fast oh yeah yeah ethernet yeah it's it's Can pretty insane I can't remember stuff the name of it. it but it was like microfiber yeah fiber optics that's okay like that's it. yeah so we had that put in it caught you know how much it cost how much for the whole thing it was like three million dollars 
for ev- for all the buildings. Wow. And they left it half done. There were wires hanging. Yeah. And there was a big lawsuit. And of course, in a condo association, when people sue, guess what goes up? Your rates. Yep. Yep. So yep. our fees gone up and everyone was complaining, like, why didn't you think this through? And finally, what they did was they installed little tunnels on against the aluminum siding for the through which the wires can run. Okay. And what they had to do, because the tunneling wouldn't, because the aluminum siding is, you know, it's it's slatted, so it's like, you know, it's not straight. Yeah, it's it's at an so angle. They yeah. had to cut into the aluminum siding oh God. to 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 install these tunnels, right? So right. For the the wires can go in, and that was another almost million dollars for everything. Like, oh, and this was what four five years ago oh i'll take two of them then i can afford that i i can't like and of course once again our maintenance fees go up and it's like i get it but at the same time why didn't you have the foresight to think about that in advance because it would have cost us less to get it all done in one shot than have them come back again eight months later to complete the job yeah Right. So it was, it was a nightmare. And I, I, you know, that was really like the first red flag and in, in living in a condo and then I bought my place. So there you go. Yeah. I really, I, I clearly learned my lesson. It makes you, you know, it makes you think too, because the, you know, the, the idea of um, passive income and rental properties and things like that is obviously very prevalent in these types of associations, whether it's condos or townhomes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's the opportunity for people who own these properties to eventually rent them out and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And it really makes you take a step back and think like, at what point does the headache not make it worth it anymore? You know, like we like it, it seems so easy on the outside to look at it to say, yeah, it would be great to have rental properties and charge, you know, rent and get it some passive income and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, there's no problem with that. Um, but sometimes, you, you know, you have to do the extra homework to say, well, what's this association like? Are they are you know, are they smart? Are they this? Are they that? And whatnot. And then you're just, you know. Next thing you know, you're banging your head against the wall and ordering another round of beers for everybody because you're just like, what What the hell happened here? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really annoying. And I guess, I, you know, I, I, I imagine that at some point that's a goal to have passive income. But on the other side of the coin, it's well, as long as the, the rent I'm charging is high enough to not only cover the uh, mortgage and association fees and maintenance fees and yada, 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 but to at least you know cover the bar tab. Right. You know, and then, and then you run into the then you run into the problem of like, OK, well, if a lease is only for a year, mm-hmm. you know, these people could up and run and you'd it'd be vacant. Yeah. You'd have to you'd have to pay. You're losing money at that point. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you're you're losing money unless someone is living there. So it's a right. gamble. Yeah. Um, and, you got So now you got to talk. You got to look at location. You got to look at right uh you know the how the, far along you are in the mortgage right your amortization schedule changes yep like you owe a certain amount of 
you know, the the percentages change over time. Right. And if you if you're towards the end of your mortgage and you owe less, it might be then wise to right. start renting out. But if you're like in the middle of it and you're like at the peak of how much you owe, then it's probably not worth it. Right. Unless you unless then you see like, you know, the 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 going rate of other units in that area, you know, that that, you know, you look in like North Jersey where the cost of living is, you know, insane. Right. Now, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter where you are in the mortgage. It's just like, let's let's jump into this because, yeah. you know, it's going to be densely populated and people are going to pay it. So yeah. it's yeah, it's just it's a science. And right. uh, and it definitely makes you uh, look yourself in the mirror and go, mm. why am I the way that I am? <laughs> you know? So anyway, now that we've got the therapy session, you know, under wraps. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I were kind of looking at things to discuss because, uh, you know, we've, we've we've been very lucky and blessed that since we had our 100th episode at the beginning of the calendar year, we, we've gone on a streak of having these great interviews with, uh, you know, the baseball umpires and, and umps care and all that stuff. And we're, we're going to continue to explore that. But at the same time, you and I are like, let's make sure that we have an opportunity for us to to talk a little bit, you know, rather than keep, you know, giving people the same uh, stuff over and over again. Uh, so it's nice to kind of have, you said it's, it's refreshing to have the, you know, the dialogue between us. And we were looking at the stuff that was on the table and we're like, geez, since the last time we had an episode like this, a lot of, a lot of stuff has happened. You know, a lot of stuff has happened in the world and uh, not just in, not just in sports, but in competition and, you know, we talk about it all the time, the amount of stuff that where sportsmanship is, is concerned, you know, in the world, it's, it's, it's just, it's all over the place. And, you know, we kind of have to like figure out where to go. This is going to be a little bit of a hodgepodge as we try and talk about what, whatever we can to, to bring it all back. And, um, you know, I was telling you before we started recording, I thought a good place to start was something that I saw just this week. Um, you know, with all the with all the turmoil going on in the world in so many different ways and places and whatnot, uh, I saw I saw a, a clip on YouTube the the uh, Sunday special that um, Ben Shapiro does for the Daily Wire, mm -hmm. uh, and he had Bill Maher on. And if you're not familiar with these two people, you know Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire come are are, are clearly you know uh, leaning to the right. And Bill Maher and and his um, brand of, of of comedy and satire and whatnot uh, leans to the left, and you know and 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 people make whatever judgments they want after that because I think of the 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 polarizing nature of you know politics in our society and whatnot right now, um, but the two of them were able to sit down for an hour and a half. And have a dialogue about both their similarities and their differences mm -hmm. in a in an exceptionally uh, civil manner. the The arguments were not contentious. Uh, they were presenting points, uh, you know, where where they were where the, you know you could see the you know the validity of the other argument, with, but without having to agree with it. Right. Um, and 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 through that, you could see the common ground. 
Uh, and as I'm watching this, I'm scrolling through YouTube comments, which is normally the worst thing you can ever possibly do. Uh, and they all had the same theme. All God knows how many of these comments had the same theme. This is the civil discourse we need. So many people who, let's face it, if you're watching Ben Shapiro, you're probably leaning to the right, either moderately or extremely. doesn't matter. You're on that side of the spectrum, whether you're starting in the middle and going all the way, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so many people were saying, you know, I may not agree with Bill Maher, but I, I have a newfound respect for him for being able to come on this show, politely and calmly explain his points of view, have a, you know, have a discussion where there are differences of opinion, but make it so civil and so welcoming and inviting um, that it, it, it really furthered the conversation. And I'm, th- I'm watching that and I'm reading that and I'm thinking, this is sportsmanship. This is the epitome of sportsmanship outside of sports. Okay. If, if, if politics are your thing, there are, uh, there's obviously an element of competition in, in politics. And that's what we need right now in, in that is, is the ability to say, you know, I may not disagree with, or I may not agree with you. And I'm probably going to disagree with you, but I have the ability to allow you to make your point. I'm allowed to make my point. We can discuss the differences, but we can also examine the similarities and we can leave that conversation knowing it's okay to have dissonance. Yep. You know, um, I've said this before that the purse, the, pur- the purpose of a debate is to learn from the other side. Right. It's to not, I mean, yes, there's defense in your topic, but it's a discussion and it is, it is the, the point of which is to learn from each other and grow and almost to maybe learn about yourself a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because you, you before before we before we started the podcast jack you said you know there are some things that i found that i disagreed with uh, with ben ben shapiro and 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 there are some things i uh, uh disagree uh with when it comes to bill maher um but it's you learn more about the situation you learn about yourself you learn about each and and in and and here's where this isn't really important another disclaimer here is that just because you disagree with someone doesn't mean that you should judge their character right and who they are as a person and now <laughs> if <laughs> if they say something you with which you disagree and they wind up being assholes that's <laughs> that's a different story but <laughs> depends on what they say really right, you know <laughs> right right but 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 you can't just you have to learn to separate things yeah and 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 you have to learn about context um and that's so important yeah 
especially with what's going on in the Ukraine right now and and with Russia, which you know we'll get to. I mean, right at some point, but but you please continue. No, well, you 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 hit it on the head. I mean, I look at you and I through our golf games and and you know and whatnot where we spend time together and you know are making jokes and laughing and yeah and whatnot um you know it's it's pretty clear that you and i come from opposite sides of the spectrum but it is but through our dialogue we have learned so much that i think it's fair to say we are both very much closer to the middle yeah. than we are the the extremes and there is significant overlap right in our views as a result you know we may be labeled quote unquote differently so to speak uh but you know when you and i talk we i, I would i don't know i'm just going to pull out numbers here i'd say 75 percent of the time mm-hmm. we're on the same page in the middle yep you know, and there are certain issues where we disagree or there are certain issues where, you know, the dissonance between those issues are is clearly not enough to uh, create a feud. Well, you know, if you're on opposite sides of the earth, the earth is round. Right. You're, all, you're eventually going to come back to the same spot. Right. You know, like it, it's. You know, or or opposites attract. You know right. that whole thing. Yeah, I think that what one of the things that we had talked about, and I think society in general, particularly younger people, and again, I'm making a generalization, but our ability to be ambivalent is we is is fading away. Yes we and 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 what's important is that ambivalence is not the same thing as apathy it is the and we we had talked about this i think on our last round of golf yeah and because it was it was a topic that was researched and discussed by our friend jamie madigan mm -hmm. and and he wrote about it in his book and Mm -hmm. then we discussed it and it's in it's in our book too right um and the idea, what was the topic again? I forget. Well, for him, it was they were talking about the fanboy experience, and okay. you know, you know the 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 hatred that came about when there was a conflict between the PlayStation and the Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Okay. if you're a, P- a PlayStation person, you are my sworn enemy, right. and it's like it's like that South you, Park episode. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're, are you kidding me? <laughs> we're we're going to create a war over which is the better gaming console. Listen, I have a PlayStation. My, my buddy Phil has an Xbox. We're like, like he's one of my best friends. Yeah. Like, like I don't. Like, Guess what? So I don't have either. Okay. It, it just it just makes for me it just opens up world of possibility. Yeah, like I have I a Wii U. Okay, that's how bad I am. <laughs> all right, but more back to the point. So you know, apathy is when you don't care about something out of ignorance. Right. Ambivalence is when you have no particular feeling in either direction, but you have knowledge of both yeah but are withholding 
your views until you get more information or you're just learning more right. about each side. The, the, the consequence of ambivalence is the ability to sit in disarray in in dissonance you are you know we we have this this thought where we have to have everything tidied off with the you know tied off with these you know the, the all the loose ends are gone you know whatnot and ambivalence is the idea that i can sit here and say this conflict is allowed to exist right i do not have to have a solution right now yep and, and that's and, and and not to interrupt no good but but the thing is too like with ambivalence, it doesn't need to be black and white. Right. Like you can, for example, we've, we've, we have talked about this so much. And for our listeners, you, I'm, <laughs> I apologize if you're hearing this again for the 12th or 15th or millionth 11, time, 11,000th yeah. time. Yeah. Separating the art from the artist. Yeah. I, I mean, or the artist from the art, like, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Okay. He did things with children. I, he not great. Not yeah. good. Not very bad. Yeah. But bad. It's very bad. Bad. Very bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But does that mean I'm going to stop listening to Billy Jean or Thriller or you know like I he he is he was one of the most talented i mean he, he he was truly a renaissance man right he was a genius and 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 his music transcends time and and is just his style he was a performer but he was truly an artist and if you're going to pretty much shun his entire discography because of the things that he did in his private life, there's a, there's a problem with that. In my view, if you want to do that, that's fine, but you're, you're cutting yourself off from an entire genre of music. And you are, I think that is a disservice to yourself mm. in my view in my view <laughs> that you are you know you're you are totally shutting yourself off from from that and and rather and the and and if you're ambivalent you can look you can take things in stride right and look at yeah what he did in his private life was awful um but i'm not looking at his private life when i'm listening to his music right I'm enjoying myself when I listen to his music. I'm, I'm dancing when I'm listening to his music. I'm well, I don't know if you're dancing because you're you're you, but right. Yeah, I dance, but it's awful. Yeah, no, we know. I've seen it, and I've um, grown up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the point I'm making is that you know whether it's Michael Jackson and Thriller, whether it's you know J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter, you you you. <laughs> there was a great uh oh i don't know about great but it was a, a a and i told you about this jack in the new york times there was a an advertisement where they had someone who was uh i think she was a trans female 
uh, male to female. She was black on the cover. And it said something like Amani is trying to picture Harry Potter without its creator. And this is the New York times. And I'm like, well, if I try to picture Harry Potter without its creator, then there's no Harry Potter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that's, that's what you get. You don't yeah. like that there. I'm sorry. You, you know, um, I'm not a fan of Harry Potter myself, but I mean, I don't really, I hadn't really got into it as, as much as a lot of other people have, but if you're ambivalent, you can say to yourself, well, yeah, I might not agree with JK Rowling in her turf views or trans exclusionary right. radical feminist views, but I can look at the art and the work she's created and be like, I could appreciate that. You know, like I, I could, I don't, but you have to understand that there, there has to be a connection between the two. Like JK Rowling had to have created Harry Potter in order for us to enjoy Harry Potter. Right. You know, and, 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 and you can't think of Harry Potter without its creator, but you can think about Harry Potter without its creator's private views. Right. It would be the equivalent in sports of saying Ty Cobb, was a really horrible son of a gun as a person. Mm -hmm. Okay. But when you look at what he accomplished as a baseball player, if you want to tell the story of baseball's history, you have to talk about Ty Cobb. If you don't, now you are practically changing the facts mm -hmm. to fit your narrative. Yep. Yeah. You can, you can, honestly say Ty Cobb you know here are his statistics here's how great of a ball player he was and man off the field he was a he wasn't the greatest of dudes right but you have to still put that stuff in the hall of fame yep okay and when you go to the hall of fame if you get a chance to go and I recommend going you you're gonna see Ty Cobb stuff you can't just like pretend that Ty Cobb is not there and like put your hand up and and say i don't believe that right you know what you have to say is in terms of baseball history this was a thing yep and he was a jerk yep. and and i do not endorse what what he did off the field yep but but in terms of baseball wow you know and you you're allowed to say i am not a ty cobb fan but he did have some pretty good numbers Right. You know, um, it's like it's like saying that with uh, with Daniel Craig, you know, we can look at the film canon of James Bond and say, you know what, the five most recent films were. As far as I'm concerned, they're not canon. But they're films. Yep. They exist. And Daniel Craig is a is a fantastic actor. Absolutely. You know that it's now it's the other way around. Right. Yeah. Like, He's he's a he's a pretty good dude. I mean, he, you know, he's uh, a fantastic actor. I mean, in Road Road to he was in Road to Perdition. I think people love Nine, Knives Out. And, yeah, you know, like, like yeah. I mean, great great stuff. And but he just doesn't do it for me as Bond. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. I, that doesn't mean I don't like him as a person. That right. Doesn't mean I don't appreciate his work. And, yeah, I could I I could write a book and say you know. 
as far as I'm concerned in the Bond canon, it stopped after Pierce Brosnan and we'll see where it goes after this, you know, when they announce another actor. Right. Okay. What I'm not doing is denying that those five films that Daniel Craig made uh, were actually not made. Mm-hmm. They were made. Right. Okay. They were released. Right. And I saw four out of five of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, but I also have the right to say they weren't my cup of tea in terms of, of canonically speaking, I have the ability to say, well, I reject them, right. but they're there. They're there. It would be like saying, hey, you know those gospels that didn't make it into the Bible? They exist. <laughs> you know, they exist. We don't we don't pretend that they don't exist. Right. But they're they exist. And we just we we just decide, ah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and I think you know, a lot of this to, can be taken to like what's going on now with Russia and Ukraine. And um, you know, it, it's absolutely awful what is happening. You know, people's homes are being destroyed. Their livelihoods are at stake. It's, they're being relocated and being, they're, they're evacuating their, their, it's, it's awful. Yeah. It is absolutely awful. It, it is unconscionable. And let me be perfectly clear. Putin is bad. I'm sorry. He's bad. You wouldn't have him on the Ritz? No. He's <laughs> he, he, not on the Ritz. Man. He's a, he's an autocrat, a despot, and he wants complete control. And in this in this point in time, he just doesn't fit into our modern world. It just doesn't. And but and this is a big but we cannot put all people who have Russian heritage under the same under the same umbrella. Right. We can't do that. You can't take Russian composers off of classical orchestra concert programs you, because of this. You can't stop eating Russian salad dressing. Right. I, I, and, and like, it, you know... It, <laughs> I'm not going to stop drinking vodka, although I don't right. really like I don't really like vodka anyway. But no, I'll but, drink it. But but the point is that okay, like here in the United States, Russian-owned businesses are suffering because people refuse to patronize them right. when they have no connection whatsoever. Yeah, with what is happening over there, like. We can we we can't separate things from list A and list B. Your know, Russian sports teams, the, people won't compete against Russian sports teams, right? You know the 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 IOC, the Olymp- International Olympic Committee, was you know was taking Russian officials and players off of off of competitions and contests. What? It was like, if you know, anything, if anything, if anything, wouldn't you want people from different countries to come together? Right. At this, like this, that's, this is the time when we need that sort of thing the most. Right. Right. It, the it, most is you want people competing with each other and giving each other hugs. Yeah. And, 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 and camaraderie in, in this face of, in this uncertain time. It reminds me of when uh, 
we didn't agree with the French on something and they decided to rename French fries freedom fries. If you have if, if you think I'm that- sorry, you know what? I let me I it that is fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I and, and I, I I I I'm sorry that <laughs> but yes, you're yeah. right. You're yeah. exactly right. We it can't we can't so separate the fact that French fried stupid. potatoes, as we call them, French fries or just fries. We had to get rid of that that word to to protest the the differences in our in our ideologies. They don't even call them French fries over there. Yeah, that's the thing. Steak frites. Right. Steak fries. Steak frites. And and like like French roast coffee. Yeah. Freedom roast coffee. Freedom roast coffee. Like. You people think that French roast coffee means that the beans are grown in 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 France. No, coffee beans can't be grown in France. They don't have they don't have the climate for it. It's just like Egypt that, is in Montana. Come on, it's the you way know? it's the way that it's the way the beans are roasted. Right. I, it, like you, and, and this is what I'm talking about is like people who can't contextualize are ignorant. Yeah, they're ignorant. They're just as bad as the other side refusing to do the same thing. It speaks to our inability to say something along the lines of the following. When you're asked an opinion or you're presented with an opportunity to present an opinion, we, we forget that a viable option is to say, you know, I'm not well-versed enough in the subject to come up with a valid opinion right now. And I, I don't think it would be proper for me to agree or disagree with what has just been presented. Mm-hmm. And then poor sportsmanship can follow that if the other side says, well, let me tell you what you should think, Right? you know? as if to force their opinion on you. Like, like if, I'm sure you can think of these examples as much as I can, as much as anybody can, where you're in a situation where you're talking with someone and they present an opinion and you almost have to like bite your tongue to say, I don't agree with your opinion. Why are you constantly, you know, forcing your opinion down my throat? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I may not, I may not take the exact opposite side, but, you know, I, it's, it's almost like I don't even want to get into the debate with you. Right. And yet they keep forcing it. Right. And it really spe- it speaks to something in the psyche of the other person where you want to you want to say, what's going on with you, man, that, you know, that you you feel you have to win. It doesn't matter, you know, whether the other person has an argument or not. You must win. It's very similar to the concept of the debate team that we discuss from time to time where it doesn't matter what side you take. You just have to be on the winning side. Right. You know, so it's, it it, it, it is a, it is a very bad conundrum and it speaks to what Mar and Shapiro were discussing on that, on their episode of that show is that the, the, the country needs the ability to say to each other, why can't we just talk about this? rather than be complete jerks about it. 
because the more we are the jerks, the more we escalate the opposing jerks. Right. You know, this is the, you know, this is, this goes along with the Dunning, the Dunning Kruger effect. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know what that is. I'll tell the listeners what it is. Okay. So it's, it's sort of like a, it's, it's, it's sort of like you're, you're, you're saying something, you're, you're giving an opinion about something that you don't really know completely about. And you keep saying it so many times that you start, you start believing it. Right. <laughs> and it's like you believe the lie that you keep telling yourself. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. And it's like, it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, I don't know if I'm describing it correctly, but, um, see, I'm part of the problem. Um, <laughs> um hold on, I'm looking it up now. Um, cognitive bias in which people, and I'm taking this from cognitive psychology theories from verywellmind.com by Kendra Cherry. The Dunning-Kruger effect is a type of cognitive bias in which people believe that they are smarter and more capable than they really are. Yeah. Essentially, low ability people do not possess the skills needed to recognize their own incompetence. So if you don't recognize that you're dumb, yourself, you're, you're keep, you know, and I say that with, with, with somewhat, some, somewhat a sense of glibness, but yeah, because you and I don't recognize that we're dumb. No. So, so the, 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 the combination of, of poor self-awareness combined with low cognitive ability leads them to overestimate their own capabilities. Right. So right. it's, um, it's dangerous because these people don't realize that they don't know enough about something, but they think they're right. And some people who are sort of on the fence don't know either because they don't know enough about the subject. And that's how you spread false, you know, faux facts. Right. Right. So um, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, so if, if, yeah, it's perfectly okay. And, and, and in fact, I would say that it is, I would say that it is preferable, uh, imminently desirable, even that if you don't know about something, don't be afraid to say you don't know about something. And here's the other thing, too, to kind of follow up on that is that, you know, in this age of constant news, uh, the 24 hour news cycle, cable news, the, the thirst for information and the ability to get it constantly there is this idea that we have to have comments on it. We have to have some right. an opinion. We have to fill the, the, the pages and we have to fill the, the columns and whatnot. I, I hate to break it to people. No, you don't. Right. Okay. If, if you, you don't, if you do not feel well-versed enough, shut up right. or say, I just don't know. You know, or yeah. say or or say, listen, I'm still gathering information on this, but this is what I think at this time and clearly label it that way. Clearly label it as yep. opinionated, op ed, etc. Yep. Don't go on TV and spew this stuff 
when you don't have all the facts because right. you have to. Now, and, granted, and, and and let me just say, yeah, that was part of that was part of Joe Rogan's problem. Yeah, with, with his podcast where he didn't know enough. I mean, he has so much content per week, right? right? And he and essentially he doesn't have time to prepare before each one. So he's asking people questions, right? His, his, you know, his guests questions, and he's learning in real time, right? The rest of his listeners. So the stuff he says about, you know, the pandemic, for for instance, were not based on fact. And it was just his opinions. And people got confused for a little, you know, for a little bit. And we're like, well, wait a minute, I are you is this an op ed? Or is this stuff that you're saying that's factual but it's not right um which was then later corrected he did apologize for it and that speaks to that's that that speaks to to contextual stuff too in that sometimes you know i'll i'm gonna blame uh the daily show for this for being a chronic abuser of this many many moons ago throughout the john stewart era and even to this day i've stopped watching it Mm -hmm. they will take a piece of a news clipping from cable news or something and edit out the context of it in order to fit the narrative of their point and or joke. And that is also what gets done in many other places now where we hear what we want to hear and we refuse to look at the context of it. It's it, we look at the political narratives of certain sides and you know whatnot. Okay, Bill X was passed by by this you know by this state with, that's controlled by this party. Well, other people who are on the other side are going to turn it into this monster because they don't like it, rather than actually saying, "Well, look, this is what it really says." Yep. You know. Um, because we didn't read it. We just, we just heard what we wanted to hear in order to, in order to make our point. Um, we, we, the, the contact and, and that kind of speaks to Joe Rogan in, in a certain way too, because people got confused and in, instead of saying, I'm confused, let me research this more. They jumped to a conclusion. And then the, 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 the repercussions were such where, now Joe Rogan is the devil, right? You know, oh, I can't be on Spotify if they're going to host Joe Rogan's po- podcast. Take all my stuff down. Like you, that's you can't separate the art from the artist, right? You know, that's it's why why can we not take a step and back and say what is really going on here? And right. when it comes to specifically the pandemic, I was telling you this the other day, the panic and the fear that were developed and mongered as a result of it fueled the public's desire for information at the speed of light. Yep. So the moment that any sort of information was presented, people assumed it was factual because they needed answers yep. and they were not taking the time on either side to say, is this fact or is this op-ed? And we need to label this. And then we start spewing all this stuff as, well, what are the facts? Well, facts are this, facts are that. Like The only thing that I can say for certain right now, and this is me talking, okay? This is my opinion. In general, 
You know why I can't watch any news or read any news story sometimes? I don't know who is reporting the facts. Regardless of what is what is happening, regardless of how I may align with the, you know, the 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 story or the narrative, I you you can make an argument to say I have no idea what's true. You can, you know, I have to, at most what I can do is what you you have suggested before where you read a story or you listen to a story you know, on both sides and in the middle, and then you try and create your own opinion. Yep. But even then, you don't 100% know right. sometimes what the facts truly are. You're creating a theorized opinion about something. And, when, and we are at a point in society when even when you do that, you are creating such dissonance with people who don't see that opinion and say, as just your opinion, you say, oh, no, you have to be wrong. How dare you think that? Right. You know, that's that's there are there are topics you and I have discussed, you know, where it's like I feel one way, you feel another way. Yep. And we don't look at each other and say, well, you're just batshit crazy. I mean, we say that about other things, <laughs> you know. But but it has nothing to do with the opinions that we share during the course of civil dialogue. Right. Sorry, so I'm just moving my wire here. Is that code? Yeah, I'm charging my mouse. That's definitely code. Yeah. This whole thing is, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you're right. And I think the... I love how you're not speaking into the microphone while Sorry. you're... Yeah. Um, you're the producer engineer. How? Why do I have to do your job? I don't know anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, so... You know, you're right. And I think the um, the the big issue here in terms of trying to get your news is that, you know, it's generational too. Like, yeah, my parents always, when I was growing up, watched um abc news news seven news seven because it's seven is the affiliate out of new york yeah and um they wouldn't watch anything else but my, my that was more my mom my dad you know he read from multiple sources and right has more you know he he reserves judgment and i feel like i learned a lot um, am still learning a lot from from him regarding that. It takes a tremendous amount of patience, yeah, to be ambivalent and to be uh, to reserve judgment. And I think we 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 have in this instant age of instant gratification, we have lost that. And um, you know, social media is is going to be. I I really think is going to be the death of us. I agree. You know, it's funny as you're saying some of those things. It made me think of something. You're talking about how news is generational. And the I guess I'll call this the anchorman experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. My my grandmother, my mom's mom, God rest her soul, uh, she she was the glue of our family. And she lived in Pennington, just down the street from where I am now. And 
she had a, you know, she had a TV in the kitchen and, you know, one in the living room, one in her bedroom and whatnot. And she, you know, she lived her, her husband, my grandfather died when I was one and she lived alone basically for most of the time after that, once all of her children were out, um, you go over there and she's watching TV and depending upon what time of day it would be, she would always have six ABC on. So, because we live in an area of central Jersey where we get both the New York and the Philadelphia stations. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she would watch ABC, which was channel six out of Philly WPVI. Mm -hmm. And I used to think about it and I think about it more now. There was that, that comfort of who the anchors were locally that, that, you know, would draw her in. And that's all she would watch. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that was good or bad. It was a different contextual time. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we think about Anchorman and, and the drive for ratings in San Diego with Will Ferrell and, mm -hmm. you know, Ron Burgundy and whatnot. It's, it's kind of the same thing. It was like, how, you know, do you literally choose your news sources based upon the anchors? And that's, that's how it was. There is yeah. truth to that. Yeah. Um, we do it now in a negative way because that's then also attached to the network and the sources and whatnot. Right. Um, I, I think I told you this too. I can't remember. Um, there was an, there was an article in, I think it was the New York post and was one of those post writers who people, a lot of broadcasters hate Phil Mushnick, maybe something like that. Mm -hmm. And the point of the article was to say nobody watches sports for the broadcasters. And the, and the, the, the article was written because, you know, the NFL right now is changing up a lot of its um, broadcast teams and whatnot. Um, like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who have been the voice of yes. Fox are going to AB are going to see um, ESPN. Mm hmm. You know, and so there, you know, there's talk about and, and there's some, you know, there's some fun analysis with that. Do you like this? Do you like that? Blah, 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 blah. And the point of the article was nobody's going to care where these guys are. People are still going to watch. Mm -hmm. And I had to stop and I say, time out. I, outside of my fandom for the New York Yankees, watch and listen to baseball and have created certain other allegiances based on the broadcasters. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I'm not watching the Yankees, I will watch or listen to the Mets because of the broadcasters. You know, um, I enjoy watching or listening to Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhaus, who are the radio broadcasters for the now Cleveland guardians. Mm. I love Bob Euchre, who does the radio for the Milwaukee Brewers. I would watch Dodger games because of Vin Scully. Right. You know, the, the, I make those choices because I have no real allegiance to the team. I love hearing those voices. Yeah. And they, many of those broadcasters present the sport to me in a very sportsmanlike way that I can appreciate. Yeah. You know why I don't watch or listen to a lot of Phillies games? Because the broadcasters on television and radio are poor sports. 
They present the game in a way that makes me feel dirty. Okay? Because <laughs> they go after umpires and they go after opponents and whatnot. They're not, they're not analyzing the game in a way that is objective and pure yep. to enhance the, the viewing pleasure. Right. So it's... It, 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 it's it's crazy how we consume our news yep. and it's crazy how we go about this now it's mm-hmm. so different now than it was then yeah um and i i i hope that we can as a society take the time to step back and maybe do things a little differently from time to time yep you know and 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 get our news not only from different sources, but to have the ability to be ambivalent and have the ability to have cogent, respectful, calm dialogue. Yes. When our opinions differ. Yep. You know, you and I sit down and talk about these things a lot. And we don't, when, when we disagree on something, we don't, you know, say death to America because of the polygons, you know what I mean? <laughs> For people who don't know, the, the, there's a joke that Sean and I had on the golf course the, last week where we were scoring while, while we were playing and I wasn't writing the polygons in as I was scoring our rounds to tell us it was birdie, bogey, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you said something like, why aren't you writing in the polygons? And I said, because otherwise the terrorists win. And you said something along the lines of, yeah, I'm sure, you know, Al Jazeera, Al Amina, Hanan, or whatever the, the name was, look, is going to look at our scorecard and go, what? No polygons? Yes to America! <laughs> and that became one of the greatest moments of my life. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how we top that. No. Yeah. I think Do, this is a good place to, uh, to end. Bow on it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I got to walk away from this one and start writing my apology notes for, you know, for that joke. No, no, no. Okay, good. good. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to those who are expressing. <laughs> and if you can't, and if, and if you stop listening because of that, then you're a poor sport because yes. you can't separate what we do, the context of our show and who we are as individuals. Very important. Yes. Agreed. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, I think we should end it here so that we can all go put on some pants. Yeah. So, uh, Sean, great as always. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we, we should do this again sometime. Of course. Yeah. Uh, a reminder to everybody that uh, you can find us at osafoundation.org. Contact the show via email with the address podcast at osafoundation.org. We're at facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Select episodes are available now on YouTube. Our apparel store is at Bonfire, and our book on sportsmanship is available on Amazon right now. We'll see everybody in about two weeks. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. 
The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.